1: Hey, it's Devin. Just a quick warning. This episode contains some graphic descriptions of sexual abuse.
0: All right, we'll do a sound check first.
1: Uh, Jeff Anderson, I'm here with a number of uh, survivors. At a press conference Tuesday afternoon, an attorney is at the mic with a group of sex abuse survivors and advocates. Behind them are pictures of a lot of priests from the Bay Area accused of sexually abusing children and who are listed in a new report put out by the group. Everybody on that list has been publicly accused. And we're pretty rigorous about this because kids are not being protected by you, Archbishop. Attorney Jeff Anderson is speaking directly to the Archbishop of San Francisco's diocese, which has yet to follow the lead of San Jose, which just released its own list of priests accused of sexual child abuse last week. Except that list had about half as many priests as the list Anderson is holding up.
0: We know there are more. We know they're kept secret and they know they're being protected there.
1: But none of these lists of priests includes the one that we are going to talk about. Today we're going to take a look at a case of alleged sexual assault and exorcism and how adults being abused in the Catholic Church are being overlooked. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay.
2: In August 2011 is when uh, the woman basically goes to confessional. In there is Father Howard, and she asks for forgiveness, essentially for having a sex addiction. This is
1: Matthias Gaffney. He's an investigative reporter with the Bay Area News Group. After a grand jury report out of Pennsylvania showed widespread child abuse by priests in that state, Matthias got a tip. There's a case in Santa Clara that wasn't getting any attention. Tell us why we're not using her name.
2: Yeah, so uh, we have a policy that we do not name alleged sex assault victims. The woman from Santa Clara didn't want to talk to Matthias on the record, but he was
1: able to talk to her attorney. And he pieced together a story using a confidential church report that he got his hands on. Yep. And this is the part where I want to warn you. The next few minutes contain some graphic language about what allegedly happened between the woman and the priest, Father Gerardus Howard, at Our Lady of Peace in Santa Clara.
2: It starts with them praying together and it leads to her sending nude and um, explicit videos of herself to the priest, sending her underwear to the priest to burn, to get rid of the evil spirits. She alleges she starts sending hundreds of nude photos and videos to him over this time. Eventually, there were about 20 sexual encounters, which went from him allegedly pouring holy water on her chest and and him groping her to using a crucifix across her body her inner thigh her groin her chest it got to where she was allegedly fondling him on his groin while he prayed
1: so at any time is is father howard asking her to stop
2: He has said that he did not do any of the sexual encounters. She would try to touch him. He would say no. She would send these videos. He knew what the videos were, but he'd say tell her to stop, and she'd still send it. He'd try to block her phone number. He basically painted her as kind of someone who was harassing him.
1: Eventually, Father Howard referred the woman to the church psychologist for help with her sex addiction. But Father Howard didn't stop seeing her. So while they continued their meetings, church officials also recommended that she go through an unconventional healing treatment, an exorcism.
2: I don't know about you, but when I first started researching this story, I may be naive, but I didn't think exorcisms existed still. You see them in movies, you hear about them in the past. That the power of Christ compels you! Not only have I found that it still exists, but um, we found where the San Jose diocese exorcist says that he has 80% of his patients, if you will, for his exorcisms are sex abuse victims, which I found to be really interesting in the context that, you know, this church is going under, under this microscope for sex abuse with minors and adults, and sex abuse victims are being treated with exorcism, which is, you know, talking about people being possessed by demons and Satan.
1: About a year after the woman started meeting with Father Howard and undergoing exorcisms, she tells another priest, Father Jose Giunta, who's Father Howard's boss, about what's been happening.
2: At the same time, or around that same month, Father Howard goes forward also to his boss and tells him what's happening. And it's at that point that Father Giunta takes over those prayer sessions with her.
1: It's around then that the woman threatens to tell the bishop about what's been happening. That's the leader of the entire San Jose Diocese.
2: Once she makes that threat, first off, the priests change their behavior toward her and separate themselves from her, and then secondly, the report concludes they destroy evidence, which is those nude videos and those nude photos.
1: According to the rules of the San Jose Diocese, what was supposed to happen? How should the issue of her coming to Father Howard been resolved or handled differently?
2: The rules are, quite frankly, murky. There's general rules where if you're a priest dealing with a vulnerable adult and offering spiritual direction, you are not to get in any inappropriate relationship. I mean, this woman is crying to this priest um, and telling him about past abuse that she suffered and the fact that she was a victim of rape. I think the diocese is trying to put out there, you know, you're dealing with people who are bearing their souls to you. They look up to you as the ear of God and you need to be incredibly careful with that relationship.
1: I mean, it sounds like very early on, according to those rules that you just laid out, these allegations should have been brought forward.
2: That's clear. To the investigators, the priest themselves said, yes, in retrospect, we should have come forward sooner. Um, It's interesting to note that the exorcist, as an excuse for why he did not go to the bishop sooner, blamed the quote-unquote jezebel spirit inside the woman and how it quote-unquote divides and conquers. So essentially he was blaming the devil inside this woman for influencing him on why he didn't come forward. Then in November
1: 2012, the woman elevates her complaints to the church's office for the prevention of vulnerable children and adults. She tells the office what Father Howard did during their private sessions. The office gets an outside group to conduct an investigation. And after a few weeks, it releases a confidential report for church leaders.
2: One of the first things that happens after the report is done is a letter is sent on Our Lady of Peace Stationery to the woman, basically accusing her of sexually harassing the priests. And it limits what types of church activities she can attend. And so as her attorney says, you know, she took it as a slap in the face. You know, if you ask her attorney, she comes to them for a sex, sex addiction problem and they basically threw gasoline on it and then blamed her for it and like we've seen with many cases of alleged clergy abuse. Shortly after
1: the investigation is finished, the priests involved got transferred out of San Jose to
2: other dioceses. Father Howard was transferred to Greenland. They asked him, do you want hot or cold? And he said cold. That's how that went down. That's how that went down. They asked him hot or cold. He says cold. And they sent him to about the coldest place you could go in Greenland. He then, from Greenland, um, winds up in Ontario, Canada, and he's the head pastor of a church there still. Um, We contacted them, and they had no idea about these past allegations from San Jose. As far as Father Giunta, we know that he uh, eventually left for Spain, and we don't know much more about what he's doing out there.
1: Matias and his team reached out to both Fathers Howard and Giunta for their stories, but neither provided any comment. So Father Howard's name wasn't listed as one of the 15 former priests from the San Jose diocese who have been alleged to have committed child abuse. Do you know why he wasn't on that list?
2: It's pretty simple, I think, is they're basically only listed the credibly accused priests involving children. They did not list any of the vulnerable adults, which goes against what the bishop has said in the past, where they want to be a transparent organization not just with the child abuse allegations, but with the vulnerable adults as well. Matthias expects more adults who've been abused
1: in the Catholic Church to come forward. Already since his story is published, he says some people have reached out to talk to him. The Oakland Diocese has promised to release its own list of abusive priests, and the Archdiocese of San Francisco is considering releasing a list as well. Matias co-reported the story with Julia Protosulik and John Wolfolk of the Bay Area News Group. To see their full story, check out the link in our episode notes or go to mercurynews.com or eastbaytimes.com. This episode was produced by Ryan Levy and editor Vinnie Tom. I'm Devin Katayama. That is it for the Bay. Talk to you Friday.